0: Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021.
1: Well, hello again, friends. This is Mark Stinson, and you've come to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And when we talk about our world of creativity, this is the podcast where we literally travel around the world, virtually, of course, right now, but we travel around the world getting expert insight on how they get inspired for new ideas how they organize those ideas and most of all how they get the confidence and the connections to launch their work up and out into the world i'm so happy today to talk to dr nicole cheerska And we're going to be talking about women in STEM and science and technology and engineering and math and how these STEM fans, people who are fascinated and want to build a career in STEM, can get ahead and overcome obstacles. Dr. Cherska, so glad to have you.
0: I'm excited to be here. Hi, Mark.
1: And may I call you Nicole. I'm so formal with the doctor. (laughs)
0: Ever since uh, someone told Jill Biden to drop hers, I'm making it a point to mention mine, but by all means, let's uh, be on a first name basis. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Well, and by way of uh, studies, uh, she has a degree in food science and food technology and innovation and then a PhD in chemistry. So when we talk about STEM, Nicole, this is a topic near and dear to your heart, isn't it? It is. And let's talk about women in science and technology. And I must say, here we are in the year 2021. Uh, I really thought that by now we would be over the obstacles and we would be over the limitations and, you know, sort of having to emphasize. But where do you see the state of things right now for women in STEM?
0: Um, I guess it's like with almost any other place. I mean, no matter what industry you look in, women even worse for women of color or any other marginalized groups, there's still a huge inequality. And um, there seem to be so many hurdles that are systemic within the policies, within the cultures of organizations that, you know, and even though we don't want to really believe that it's still there because, you know, we're also liberal and so open and so forward thinking and so on. But many of the disadvantages are really coming from just things that we, or that, that organizations, they don't even recognize that they are putting others at a disadvantage. You know, it's an almost like you're being a fish in water. And so I really, you know, shout out to every company who puts their money where their mouth is and hires an external organization to help them, them uncover how does the workforce feel, how do the women in your company feel, and how does that compare to the dominant group in your company. And then also when you uncover that there is inequality and that some people do feel like they don't belong or that they don't feel safe enough to speak up, things like that, when you then really take proper action to change that culture. It's not gonna happen overnight, but uh, still it's worth to make the effort.
1: Well, as you know, here in the States, we've put a real emphasis on, well, men and women, but in developing these science and technology fields. Uh, You're in Hamburg, Germany, uh, really a culture and a country known for its science and technology and a real engineering spirit. But maybe you can give us a global view of how you see women in science and technology now.
0: I think they are more, they're becoming more outspoken, you know, Uh, they're becoming more proud of their, of the degrees they hold and the life they choose with those jobs. And they really, really enjoyed it. And whenever I talk to women uh, with with a STEM background or with a job in STEM, it's like what I really like the most is that what drives them so much is really making a difference with the knowledge that they have and really having, having a good impact on the world. And sadly, though, often what then many will report is that, you know, by the time when the time comes that they want to have a family that I mean, obviously, for the time of when you give birth, then you will have to take a few weeks, at least in Germany, people stay home for up to a year. And then coming back into the workforce, finding your way, you really need a company that really supports you in that and that you know trust you that you do the job properly but there will always be that debate between is it going to be is it going to be the the husband you know it's like if that's uh, if it's a heterosexual couple or is it going to be the wife who's going to stay home and if uh, both are going to go back to work is one of the two going to reduce their hours and you know that's just all of those things um happening and then uh, you really need an employer that that supports that, and as um, almost like an um, employer branding activity, many big companies advertise that, that they're going to be super flexible on this and that they allow different types of time models and so on. However, the experience is probably not quite where it should be yet.
1: Mm-hmm. And I guess, what are the implications of taking that break? You know, you feel like you've fallen behind or you get passed over, you know, if company changes are made, what, what are some of the other things that you've seen that needed to be addressed?
0: Yeah, so the, the break is one thing. The other thing is to just having, um, and we just had a discussion today on this, is actually how sometimes there are these implicit ways of thinking how much we think a person can do and uh the momentum that they will gain and here we still sometimes have this. and i'm not exempt from this you know it's like i catch myself uh, where i think mm-hmm. about uh Oh, this is like you know, men will be better at this than women, and so sure. on. And then I always, and I always say to myself, wait, why are you thinking this? You know, but it's so ingrained and it's so it's so long learned that as a society as a whole, we have a lot of unlearning to do
1: in your practice, you now have a consulting and coaching practice to really address some of these, you know, is your work being ignored or are you being called too junior? These types of things that often women face in some companies.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is really, so I'm not, I'm not a diversity and inclusion expert by any means. So there are other really great consultants and companies who help businesses you know, get get on a better um, level as an organization. However, even if you even if you have teams where they're high on psychological safety, where there's a really, really supportive boss and so on. I still notice that even in those teams. When I talk to women in these areas that they say, you know, it's like, I feel safe in everyone, but still I don't dare to, not because mm-hmm. of the others, but because what I think of myself, you know, that I think I'm not good enough or that still, you know, it's like, I don't hold up to my own standards um, or that they think making connections at work and building relationships is sleazy, all of those things. So that is where I'm focusing on because it needs to be complementary, So it's really good that the organizations are paving the way, but at the same time, if then we don't have the women to really own their stuff and um, revel in their own uniqueness and dare to show up and speak up and contribute and really you know, thrive at work and this, you know, but, but if they're holding themselves back, then the change won't be as fast as if we're doing both things.
1: I see. Well, you know, and Nicole, this podcast subject being creativity, you know, a lot of times, I guess we right brain creative thinkers think of science and technology and engineering as all left brain, as if there's no creative spirit to the scientist. Tell us about the creative aspect of technology and science.
0: Yeah. So there needs to be a lot. I can't speak for everybody. If but if I speak for my from my own experience in how it was for me when I, you know, when I did my own PhD, for example, the research or when I worked in consumer goods innovation, coming up with new products. So I'm not like a designer or an artist where you can give me a blank sheet of paper and it's like have at it. You know, it's like I will sit and stare at the blank sheet of paper for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now what do I do?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but what I can do uh, and what, what I always really love doing is taking pieces of information as a basis, for example, um, my own research data or when I was looking into published articles from other scientists, taking that as, an, as, as a starting point and then thinking it further. So basically coming up with new ideas and new things to try and to test from a certain starting point, you know, it's like where I already have like a, I just basically I just need a fret and then I can start pulling and then I can think of okay which direction can I go so in my imagination that might be a difference.
1: I I love that. And you know, Nicole, you were saying that, you know, from your own personal journey, I'd like to explore your own creative journey for a moment. Again, I think we imagine science and technology, you're wearing the white lab coat all the time, but you've had a paper route, you've been a DJ and a bartender and, you know, all the things that contribute to your creativity, not just wearing the lab coat and working in the lab all day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's actually one of my biggest regrets that uh, while I was studying that I didn't, and I had much more time compared to now, only I didn't know it back then. <laughs> but, you know, that I didn't take the opportunity to look into other areas as well and just get exposed to so many more different fields and ideas and so on, because it's really the cross-pollination that can happen I noticed that now is like sometimes I expose myself to ideas forms of art movies any anything um I don't know it's like from from gardening to hiking to it's like really um the the fine arts and so on it's like not that I can do that but it's like well back in the days when we could go to a gallery or something yes like yes <laughs> um you know but just like really broadening our horizon, and uh, it really sparks, um, you know, I think our brain has two two parts on purpose, and uh, it's good if we feed both of them.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned hiking, it sounds like you really enjoy being out in nature, and get some creative inspiration from that.
0: Yeah, it's really, actually, there's been a lot of studies have, that have been done around this, uh, something that really helps us. So one is the physical movement, obviously, uh, being out in nature, clean air and so on. So that is really healthy. But also on the mind, I notice. so you know, it's like, and walking in the forest is very different compared to walking on the streets, because on the streets, our brains have to compute on high speed, because there's so much going on that we have to pay attention to to survive, quote unquote, you know, Um, but In nature, we still have things to look at, but the pace of everything is much more fitting to what our brains are built for from an evolutionary standpoint. And so um, scientists then also call this soft fascination. So So we have something, something very, we have something to look at and something is happening, but it's not overwhelming so that our brain is almost distracted just the right amount for, um, you know, new thoughts and ideas to emerge. Mm
1: -hmm. And how would you say you applied some of those thoughts and and creative, you know, sparks in some of your innovation work and projects you might have been working on along your career?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing to spark original thinking and creative ideas that really helps me, and it might sound counterintuitive, is to um, increase the constraints. So oftentimes we think that we are most creative when we have like no boundaries and we like a a blank sheet and I can just like do whatever I want. However, the more constraints you have and instead of getting frustrated with them just see them as a challenge, but the more constraints you have, the more... um, you know further you think or the more um, yeah basically the more original you can think um so this is at least only you know that that is one of my um ideas plus also if you put on things like time constraints and so on it often triggers something it triggers it can trigger flow you know where we get into the right level of challenge where where we just flourish really and are in the moment and in the zone and with that even mundane and routine work like tidying up your email inbox can be like super quick and close to fun even uh, so a client of mine has tried a you she was so amazed like how much after coming back from vacations like how much she got done so um, upping the constraints is one thing that I like to do another thing that I like to do is like work on one thing in bursts so, like if you have to I don't know give a give a presentation and it's in four weeks time then I don't start the week before but I start now and then I like work on it for a few hours and then I let it, let it sit there for a few days and I know I'm not actively thinking about it but in my subconscious there's even more computing power going on and it continues to work on it and the next time I get back to it I will have new ideas have, will have made new connections and all of that so that's what I really like But I guess the biggest one is really to suspend judgment. And Mm. I mean, any writers in your audience know the idea of the shitty first draft, Mm -hmm. you know, so to give yourself, you know, to, to just start writing. And in the same way, even for having ideas, in a workshop I once facilitated, I you know, we were looking really analyzing the problem. We were knowing the situation. And then I told the team, okay, now it's time for, solution ideation and um, we had like two flip charts. It was still in a, like where we could be in one room and like one of the like I called, okay, these are the obvious ideas, you know, so the things that we come up with like right away because they're like the most logical conclusion, but they're often not as original. And the other one I called outrageous ideas. So really just giving permission of thinking of something that, you know, sounds outrageous. And lo and behold, in the end, we picked one of that and like tweaked it in a way that it could work. So sometimes it's really just suspending the judgment and giving yourself permission to come up with seemingly silly thoughts maybe.
1: Yes. And do you think back of specific innovations or projects? I don't know if you're free to talk about them, but uh, some of the things that you might've developed along the way and the ideas in your jobs.
0: So I did a lot of with flavoring, like uh, fl- flavoring, like little energy products, you know, not energy drinks, but like uh, little other consumable products. These were so I never really liked the, the standard energy drink taste. I, I just thought this was like so saccharine syrupy and it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me. And so for those products, we really wanted to make sure we come up with really nice flavors and you know, again, here you get inspired by other foods, by cocktails, and uh, you f- you think of like, okay, what are different, you know, different cuisines and cultures of- offering that might seem an unusual combination at first, and then there's a lot about collaboration, you know, you, you're in a room with someone else, and you're brainstorming, and you're just, again, it's like maybe sometimes thinking of weird tasting ideas, and so on, but yeah, it's like, and then when you generate volume somewhere, in there's the gold.
1: So good. So good. So, um, Nicole, you're developing, you know, you've been coaching individuals, as you say, to, you know, gain, I guess, more confidence in their own value and contributions at their companies. But you're packaging some of this into some new classes that you're going to be offering. I'm curious a bit to hear more about that.
0: Yeah, so twice a year I'm hosting a masterclass series called Women in STEM Reimagined. And it's really where I bring together like I think we're in total 10 experts then. And each expert has like speaks to a different field. For example, and someone speaks on resume writing on how to con you know how to conduct yourself an interview the next one speaks about leadership and so on and so on all topics curated to really help women in stem. men in stem does anyone who wants to join and learn Really, it's like this uh, everyone is welcome and um, yeah so it's happening in March and September every year and. It's free to, it's free to join and um, yeah, you can listen to those interviews, hop on some of the connection calls that we're offering. So, yeah, I think we're gonna put the link to this in the show notes to this episode. And then, yeah, I hope to see, see many, many people. (laughs) That sounds Uh, great.
1: Yeah. Well, and it does really help. You're talking about bringing on these sort of experts and subject matter uh, leaders in these different, I guess, avenues of creative thinking. And that that really helps as an overall creative principle, doesn't it? Just to get more inputs and experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends really where you are in your process, you know? So I really like um, to, to to have it oscillating almost between narrowing in, going wide again, narrowing in and so on. And through that, you know, you kind of like meander <laughs> closer towards where, where, where you kind of end up, want to end up. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, so before we close, uh, we will put the uh, links in, but I'm curious, uh, where can we find more about this?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, me for myself, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's my, I want to say one and only, but really the only one where I'm active, uh, social media platform. Then my website, interactioncoaching.de. And obviously the womeninstem-reimagined.com website, where we'll also then host the masterclass series. So check out all of those places and come say hello and tell me that you listen to this podcast. (laughs) It's
1: fantastic.
0: I guess, uh, Nicole,
1: a couple of thoughts in closing. I wanted to know, you know, a lot of people say, look, to get ahead in any field, but Mm -hmm. especially for women and especially for women in technology. You know, you got to network, you got to get out there and exchange cards and join groups. And, you know, isn't there another way? you know, especially as we think about the virtual world. But there's a lot of people that just, they, they don't have maybe the personality or the desire to, quote, network. What, what else yeah. can we do?
0: Well, do it do it in a way that feels genuine and sincere for yourself. So, I mean, we are people, we're human and we're wired to connect with others. Um, of course, if you say, I'm the first one, I don't want to go to a networking event. Mm-hmm. I find them horrible. It's like, put me put me on a party, uh, you know, where I don't know anyone for an evening. It's an evening in hell for me. Yes. Because, because I don't like, you know, just randomly chit-chatting with people. However, find people that are interested in the same things that you are interested in or that you want to learn something from and start connecting with those. And the, you know, so where you where you think or where you where you know that this is a meaningful and mutually respective or respectful and um, mutually beneficial connection really. And, and you have this little exchange and then you just stay in contact with that person. And it doesn't mean you have to message each other every week, but if you, you know, once a month or once every two months, make it a habit to continue to follow up with this person, even if it's just like a super short, like two lines, of text anything, um, that is already enough, and um, it 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 works everywhere in that way. In it, you can do that at work, you can do that on social media. What feels often bad is this aimlessly and reaching out to people, not really being interested in them, only being interested in yourself, and that is the that's the whole trick really is like you have to change your your attitude to it and what you want to get out of it and if you if you if you change the focus from this is only for me and what can I get out of it to how can we you know uh, build a connection or um, get along well or how can I help you then it starts to feel very very differently right away.
1: So practical. And I, I appreciate you sharing how much that you personally don't like uh, the traditional networking and giving us some uh, alternatives. Well, Nicole, I've had such a fun time with you. And I, I must say, what I love to do sometimes is, is I'm scrolling people's CV and you're about a section of a website or something. I always find these fun nuggets that if people don't look at or pass over. They miss the fun side of a person. And so I just have to ask you about your love of Mary Poppins. Because if, as a, if I think STEM, I think Mary Poppins. So uh, connect the dots for us. What do you love about Mary Poppins?
0: It's because she makes magic. or And she has this... So first of all, she's very witty. And What I mainly love about hers and where she is a role model for me as a coach is also that, you know, she comes into the lives of people at just the right time. She lets them continue on their own journey, but she's, she's there to educate a little bit, to give a little nudge, to hold them a little bit accountable, but mainly also to bring a little bit of magic and ease and practicality back to, back into their lives and, and that is really what I myself really identify with. And uh, I also, <laughs> I once set myself the challenge to say, okay, I want to make sure that every day I create at least one Mary Poppins moment. I love that. Someone.
1: Yes. Well, it makes me want to take a spoonful of sugar with my follow-up COVID vaccine when I get my second shot. Maybe it'll help it go down better. <laughs> well, Nicole, what a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate it, and we're definitely going to check out your uh, coaching practice and your master classes. And uh, it's all at intoactioncoaching.de. My guest has been Dr. Nicole Chierska from Hamburg, Germany. Thanks for joining us, Nicole. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Mark.
1: And listeners, come back again next time. We're going to continue our around-the-world journey. We've been to Hamburg today. We're going to Ures, Sonora, Mexico. We're going to Paris, France. We're going to the music capital of the world, Austin, Texas. We're going to continue our around-the-world journey looking for experts to share with us how they get inspired how they organize their ideas and how they gain the connections and the confidence to get their work out into the world and have it valued and appreciated like we've heard today from Nicole. So come back again for the next episode. I'm Mark Stinson and we've been Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We'll see you again soon.
0: Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Hazaric Keys.
1: We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.